What's up, everyone? This is Everyday Seeker, real talk for the new age. I'm your host, Rebecca Muir, and you can find all of the episodes on iTunes and on Stitcher and SoundCloud, and you can connect with us at everydayseeker.net. We are also all over social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just search for Everyday Seeker and connect with us there. And today, we are speaking with one of my besties. Miss Maritza Lord, and uh, she is such an uber Gemini. I don't even know where to begin with what she does. Actually, we were just joking about this. We were catching up for a minute or two before I hit record, and uh, I'm always joking around because... I feel like if there's anything that can be done, she does it. So, uh, and she's always getting distracted by doing like 18 (laughs) things at once. But I mean, she literally knows Kung Fu. Every time I turn around, I find something new about her. I'm like, how have I known you? And we've been this close for this long. And I didn't know you did Kung Fu. You're a Kung Fu fighter. Like, seriously. So she is originally from Guyana. Uh, Maritz is a former child star, which I also didn't know that about her for the first couple years we were close. <laughs> she, she just did, didn't come up, you know. Um, she is currently in New York City. She's a singer, a songwriter, a producer, a dancer, a fashion designer, a web designer, a photographer, oh, a writer, a kung fu fighter. We can't forget that one, right? <laughs> She's a teacher. Um, she is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? She's an aspiring rock climber. Just found that out just right 15 minutes ago. Hopefully she'll be uh, climbing rocks pretty soon and she can add that be. to the roster. You can come with me. We can go to Brook and Boulder <laughs> Oh, no, together. honey, that's not my thing. <laughs> See, that's what I love about you, though. You know your limitations. I, I just, just go, have, I have no I have interest in that. rock climbing. It just seems like too much work for me. I'm like, yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and, and we compliment each other for that reason because I'm inspired do. by that. You always, you're always, you just know yourself very well. I try everything just because if I get an idea, I go, I have to try that. Well, it takes all kinds to make a world, right? So that's the, you know, our compositions are just different in that sense. But another very important thing that I want to add to the list of what you are and what you do is um, over the last year and a half, maybe you've become a clean eater. And uh, I don't know if that's the word that you would use to describe, but I think that that's a pretty basic way to break it down. And that's a lot of what we're going to be speaking about today. Um, So what would you say about your, would you describe yourself as a clean eater? Oh, absolutely. I I mean, and what I, I thought we would focus on was food because it's been the, it's been the centerpiece of the past year for me, really. Um, And we'll get into everything, but the gist of it was that I basically healed from an autoimmune disease, essentially by changing my diet. The diet was kind of like the lead singer in the band. And they were like the background singers are like sleep and meditation or spiritual practice and exercise. But those things I had already started incorporating into my lifestyle and the diet was the final piece to fall into place. And, um, And that's how I turned the corner on the illness. And I keep getting stronger and stronger every day and I'm sure that in a year I'll look back and you know I I think I'm really healthy now and feel completely healed but I just keep surprising myself it's amazing and it's all through food yeah absolutely and what I want to make sure that we um, throw out there is it really is a remarkable transformation that I've seen since I've known Maritza and most people that would know her wouldn't know that she was sick 
Um, she never complains about it. Uh, never really says it. I, I actually don't even know what the name of your illness is. You're one of my oh, best friends. And I, I asked okay. you this I asked you this a couple weeks ago and then we were laughing because I was like, yep, no idea what your disease is. No clue. It's absolutely was, fine. What, would you mind? I'm just curious. I would cause... not mind at all. And I've actually, um, you know, the new website that I just built, MaritzaLord.com, um, I fully declare it in the about section. And when I was writing the bio, you know, I had two minds about it, but my right mind was to just be completely honest with it. And it's it's called Bichette's disease. Um, and it's a rare autoimmune disease that they discovered in Turkey. And um, but I, I think every autoimmune disease is is linked and is similar. It just manifests itself in different ways in your body. So it's called Bichette's and it's supposedly very rare. There was one specialist in New York who I started to see and, um, I, you know, it's not even a real thing if you, if your body knows exactly what to do, you just have to give it the right foods. And I really had no idea how important food was until I, I was divinely led to reading, uh, the, you know, the, the first stage of the diet was based on a book that I'd read. Um, and it was by um, a guy who he's actually the founder of a, a very famous brand of supplements called Garden of Life. Um, mm -hmm. his name's Jordan Rubin and he became a nutritionist after his experience, but reading his book, I started reading it August 1st last year. So it's been Almost just a about a year. Wow. And, mm -hmm. uh, I remember reading this book and crying because he had exactly the same experience that I had encountered, you know, and we, I mean, you and I met at Berkeley and I remember being very hard on myself. And I think we all were, everybody was extremely driven and you wanted to make the most of the experience and the most of your classes, but it was um, it was just an insane, rigorous schedule that we all kept up. And somebody with your composition and your tendencies, right? Because I tend <laughs> yes. to focus really hard on one thing mm -hmm. and then burn out quick. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, and I always reference everything to astrological archetypes, but you really oh, yeah. are a quintessential, quintessential Gemini. You like to yeah. be doing everything all the time, all Absolutely. at once. And I can't help myself. It's just the way. Yeah. And, um... It was a major insecurity, actually, until more recently and until, you know, vibing with you and getting down with the astrological stuff. I just I'm so cool with who I was made to be at this point. And it's brought me way closer to music than it's taken me further from it, because I used to freak out at music school. I used to have to make my own outfits and stuff before shows and be like up all night sewing. And I don't know, I that was just what I wanted to do. I had an idea for what it needed to look like. And, and it was all a very egoic thing as well. That's, that's just like an ego driven thing. And, um, you so had that to was be it. all things. You had to be all things and mm -hmm. it had to be perfect. And what is perfect anyway? It was just my mind's identity and what it needed to have. And so the illness proliferated, it started really getting bad when we were at school and then it really kicked off after we left school and I was traveling to London and recording there and coming back to New York. And, um, in, again, it was a very divine sequence of events. I lost my visa, had to stay in New York. Um, and then the illness just really like hit me hard for about a year. I just stayed home, couldn't move. I had terrible joint pain and arthritis and mm -hmm. my skin. Oh my God. The state of my skin was so bad. I was embarrassed to leave the house. You know, and 
it's night and day because it's you amazing. and first of all I mean for anybody that's that's listening to this that hasn't checked out the website or seen our social media when you <laughs> see pictures of Maritza she is a knockout so oh, even when your skin it. was you know what we could say today comparably you know not in a healthy state you were still yeah. you know oh, still a great you. beauty but when I, I see you now it looks like you've had photoshopped your face <laughs> like your skin is uh, is totally flawless it's unbelievable and you know you're not using proactive or accutane or do you're not doing anything it's just yeah, over time it's it's like yeah it's you know, a huge it's difference food. you know and I I used to you know I've tried everything and I tried all that stuff and proactive and everything and it helps to a certain degree but I have to thank you you were the first person and I'm so grateful to have you in my life, for, for obviously for more reasons than that, you're my like bestie. But you were the first person who shone the light on diet because you would tell me, you know, that you had intolerances to gluten and soy. Oh, and- I know, I do. I just choose to eat shitty food. Um, <laughs> but it's true; it's really a thing because I was thinking about this this morning before we spoke. Is like today I had a grilled cheese and a chocolate croissant. I, that's what I've eaten today already. <laughs> I'm sort of food coma. I usually don't eat eat things like that early in the day. Um, because I get sleepy. <laughs> but, you know, I used to work at a health food store and I know how to read ingredients. And right. there's so much that the average person thinks is healthy that isn't. Like, oh, yeah. you know, whole wheat bread, um, not healthy. Canola oil, not healthy. Peanut yeah. butter with sugar and hydrogenated oh oils, not healthy. Fruit juice, not really healthy. Um, mm-hmm. Soy, tofu, like oh, yeah, everything's tofu. genetically modified. Yes. Unbelievable, right? So, So at least at this point, I am... You know, it's very you difficult. We'll, we'll get there. It's very you difficult to, to to completely, when you change your diet this drastically, especially with food being so related to society. It's so social. It's such a social thing, you know, Absolutely. and everything yeah. that we're surrounded by is shitty food. So if you mm-hmm. clean it up, it takes a tremendous amount of effort and a tremendous amount of discipline and planning. And so I'm actually just not there, but I do know better. So it's just really, it's really funny because... To each his own, you know? (laughs) But, you know, I commend you. Anyway, I totally just, I I interjected there and I got us off onto a little tangent, but at least the the choices that I'm making, the difference between me and the average American... Um, is that when I eat something shitty, I know I'm eating something shitty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you and, know. You no, know, and the other thing is you're aware of the changes that it poses in your body. You're aware of how your skin is affected. You're My the first person I've ever heard. if I eat something you know? with soy in it. Like yeah, immediately. And, you know, the, you the should see it right now. Ch- it's not good. <laughs> but you were the first person. And I remember... I had not changed my diet yet or anything. And I remember just thinking, oh, I'm so sorry, Rebecca has to go through this. Like, I didn't know I bloody had the same intolerances as you did. And I'm thinking, I'm, I sadly, Rebecca has to go through this shit. The fact is, we all suffer from these things in varying degrees or varying forms. Yeah. Um, Our food is not food. No, it's not. It's a, it's a food-like pro- product, but it is not real God-made food. It's not nutrition. Uh, no, it's not nutrition. And you know, maybe some people can have a cheeseburger and then they'll have their veggies for the day. I don't know. But when I was my entire life, I mean, I just turned 13 now. And as much as I don't believe in time or age or any of that, and that's a whole other podcast. (laughs) (laughs) As much as I don't believe in those things, I believe in stages of your life. But my entire life thus far until last year 
had been, I was just damaging my body based on the fact, I've always been a thin girl, but do you know what Tophi is? Thin on the outside, flabby on, on the inside? No, that's funny. No, thin I don't know. And yeah, and fat on the inside. That was me. I was always very thin and I thought that I needed to gain weight by eating lots of carbs or I needed, you know, you go to the gym and you're like, I need fuel. So I'm going to eat lots of carbs and sugar and stuff. And um, it's obviously, you know this, but sugar has zero nutritional benefit. Not only that, it's harmful. It's harmful. It's like not only is the food that we're putting in our bodies not nutrition, (laughs) it's actually poison. It's stress. It's It's actually poison and it requires your body then has to like work extra to get rid of this garbage that we've been dumping in there. And And even health foods, like a lot of health foods are shitty. Like remember when, remember when you were saying there was a guy at your office who was all about this dried fruit (laughs) and I was like, honey. You're thinking, yeah, exactly. I was like, I was like, it's just dried, it's dried fruit has no, no nutrition left. It's just just sugar and sulfites or, or sulfates at this point and carbs. Yes. And she's like, no, no, no. This guy's really up on, up on his, uh, up in his health. He totally knows. And he says, these are really healthy. And I'm just looking at it going, uh, uh, uh. You're absolutely right. And you were always like the reference because, and that's why I would, you would, I would bounce stuff off you like a sounding board and say, what do you think about these dried apricots? Do you like these? And they're delicious. <laughs> what do you think of these dates and these dried apricots? I mean, it's a different story now completely, but, and that was the beauty too of, of how I healed. It was, um, I had reached a point of surrender and I didn't even know it. I was taking meds for years, for uh, I'd say about three years. Really hardcore meds, Two to three years, too. yeah, up to five medications because I got my wish and I finally, I took a break from music professionally because I honestly, I didn't know who I was as an artist. I was so sick and I had no other choice but to just focus on my health. So it takes all your time and energy and, you know, you. I just wasn't, I wasn't writing, I wasn't performing, doing anything. And um, I've landed like these really great day jobs. Um, you know, I, I was doing everything from graphic design to like admin work um, at tech startups in Manhattan. And they were wonderful. And it was a really important time because it allowed me to be ill and to heal and to meet people who were not musicians because I was important for music too. I had, I, sure. My whole life I've only been around other artists. And um, there's... This is really great commencement speech, actually, that I heard two days ago um, by this this guy who was talking about water to a fish. And interestingly enough, I mentioned that in my bio and I, you know, it's a synchronistic thing. But he said that um, there's this older fish who swims by these two younger fishes and uh, the old guy goes, hey, guys, how's the water? And when he passed by, one of the younger ones went to the other one. What's water? That was what music was to me. I didn't know I didn't know there was anything besides that. I thought everybody was a singer. Everyone was a musician. And um, so I I remember telling you that and you're laughing going, of course, not everybody can sing. You know, that's silly. Wow. I remember this conversation now. Yeah. That's so crazy. It was important for me to learn that. I learned that by working in an office setting and meeting people. As a child, you, you know as a star in your country, your home country of Guyana, <laughs> since you were probably three or four years old. I mean, I don't know how old were you when you started. I was probably like, well, I started w- when I was about five, my okay. mom says. But, you That's know, pretty per- young, you know, really properly performing when you're like seven. And yeah, I used to sing 
you know, at like presidential inaugurations and that kind of thing. And like any kind of state dinners and government functions and that kind of thing. And it's not, it's not the same scale as America, obviously, you know, but it's, so it's a smaller scale. It's a smaller place, but performance was, it was always my shtick when I was a kid. And I never felt like I had a choice. My parents are they were exactly the parents that I needed to become the person that I am now. I mean, everybody's got baggage and, sure. you know, but my parents were always supportive and they always knew the music was going to be my thing. And so they always supported and they encouraged it. They started early. <laughs> they did. But, you know, I rebelled against it because I didn't know what else to rebel against. So well, it was decided for you as a child. Right. Yeah. And so exactly. being now having been in New York and working in an office and, you know, it's like there was never a time in your life when you weren't doing that professionally, basically. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, and it wasn't something that you, uh, unlike most artists, most artists, it's the opposite where you choose it for yourself, despite mm-hmm. your parents being like, God, please don't be an artist, be a you know? <laughs> so for you, like, it's, it's a really important phase, similar to like how you chopped all your hair off, you know, exactly. how you're like, you know what? I, I like long hair, but it needs to be my choice that I have mm-hmm. long hair and not oh, someone yeah. else's, you know? Absolutely. So. I, and I now I look at, you know, now my hair has grown a lot too and it's getting longer, but now I have this newfound love for long hair because it's mine. It's something mm-hmm. that, you know, you. it's just an incredible thing. And I'm still learning how to articulate everything that happened, but I'm so glad you mentioned even the cutting of the hair thing because that happened around the same time. And it was all everything was linked, everything that I was going through. And it's only now I look back that I can connect certain dots. You know, I had without really intentionally making a decision, um, to be inactive on social media, I very much called my spirit back from social media and I stopped posting for about a year and a half, two years. I couldn't honestly share any part of myself with people because I didn't know what was going on with me. So I had to figure it in before I could figure it out. You know what I mean? Of course, of course. That makes so much sense. So yeah, now and looking back, I realized that's what happened. Um, It was a really great period the past couple of years because it was painful. And, you know, suffering from an illness is not fun. But I knew that I would find the light. I knew that I would heal somehow. I had no idea how. And the second you release the idea of how it needs to happen is the second that it happens. And it's it's just the most beautiful thing because it reconnected me with myself, my art, and God. And before Mm -hmm. then, I was very atheist and maybe not even, maybe just agnostic. I mean, I would honestly just say, I don't know if there is one. <laughs> well, the the, fun, the funny thing is, of course there is one. I, I was very egoic and I thought I was in control of everything and I make it happen and I have to do this and I have to do this by a certain time. And, you know, the second I surrendered was when I was led to that book last year. And, right. you know, the, the thing that I'm so blessed and lucky to have had was I've had an experience that was tailor-made for me. The reason I got sick was because I'm a rebel and sometimes I need to learn the hard way. And that's exactly what that illness showed me. And it also showed me that there are other people suffering from similar things and they don't know it because they, they haven't, maybe it's not gotten as bad for them as yet, but it's coming and it's around the corner and it's all based on the food that we're eating. And you said the right thing. I mean, we live in this society where we're plugged and projected images at, you know, and it changes your whole, it changes your eyes. Yeah. I mean, 
you it's walk really down the street to not eat garbage. It requires yeah, an it enormous is. amount of discipline, planning, and effort to it, not poison your body with the food sure. that is all around us. Sure, it, you're absolutely right. And you knew about this before I did, but I changed overnight. And there's yeah, no way that I'm going to go back because even when you, it's a trick, when you try to go back to resume. You know, I, I bought like a packet of chips or something that I was four days into this diet. You're supposed to start to incorporate the things that you omitted, you know. And so I bought like my favorite chips. And this thing tasted like poison to I me. I didn't because, even like them. Yeah, they were mm-hmm. so heavily salted and seasoned. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe this is what I was eating all my life. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I just thought, oh, my God, I should be way sicker because this is what I was living on or living off of. Um So it's a trick, you know, you know, like, you know how they say you can't go home, you can't Mm -hmm. go back and you can't, it's a, but it's, it's beautiful and it's worth it. And you talk about effort and discipline. It doesn't feel that way to me. And I think people, I mean, I encourage everybody to do the same thing. Sadly, you don't always do it because you don't have the reason to yet. Maybe you're not sick as yet or it's cheaper, you know, to buy, to, to buy garbage. Um, you know, good food costs more money. Um, but if you're, if you care about living and living, I don't even want to say a healthy lifestyle because it's, it's so much more than health. My mind functions so much more clearly than it ever has, you know, and way deeper than just, um, just, yeah. yeah, than just health or than just looks. I mean, yes, your skin glows, but that is a byproduct of everything else. There's so much, I mean, I was even telling you before, my definitions of God and love and all these central ideas to life, they've transcended with my healing. And I I mean, I don't even know how to define them anymore because they are so much bigger than I ever thought they were. And that's a beautiful thing too, because it, it takes your ego out of the picture. You know, the fact that I don't control the cosmos and I don't control planets being or comets being born or, you know, it's amazing because I have this entire theory, too, about how I managed to get sick. And it was more about more than just food. Um, and I think the television played a huge role in that because we, we are the like that 90s generation where there were Saturday morning cartoons and you'd sit in front of the TV with your juice box and you'd watch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Captain Planet. And in the meantime, they're plugging advertisements at you for sugary drinks and sugary foods and You know, you kind of go to your mom, I really want Dunkaroos. I really want Lucky Charms, you know. Mm -hmm. And those things formed my earliest memories. And I also remember watching the news. And I hated the news. I still do. But watching, like, images of AIDS victims and apartheid and um, starving children in Africa. And my illness is a first chakra illness. And so it deals with the basic necessities of life, food, shelter, survival, survival, family, exactly. um, and your tribe, and tribe, exactly. So your tribal identity, which is your family, or yeah. if you want to take it even, you know, you can have your a tribal culture. identity as a culture your or culture. Yeah, a nationality exactly. as well. But exactly. yeah. And I remember watching kids dying of, of hunger in Africa. And like, you know, you sit at the table and I don't know if I, maybe I was a picky eater and my mom would go, come on, Maritza, you have to finish that. There's starving children in Africa. And I remember how much guilt I used to feel. She actually said that. That's such a cliche. That's so great. I love it. She was like, no, there are children starving in Africa. You have to finish that plate of food. 
And I would think to myself, well, I don't want to eat it because I don't think I deserve food and they have to starve. So maybe I should starve too. And it's something oh that I swear to God, it's true. I, I always thought, well, that's one way to kill my appetite because I definitely don't want to eat now because why do I get to have food and they don't? Maybe we should just post them my dinner. And that's how I would think as a child. And so wow. I would. I, wow. Wow. So, but it starts with images. It starts with the shit that I used to see on the news. And so I have, I try not to be a zealot about anything. Um, but if it's one thing that I am very much against, it's the news and it's television broadcasts. I mean, I watch TVs on, uh, TV shows online, but it's a different ball game: the internet versus the television because there's all sorts of advertisements, you know, and those, those like UNICEF ads with the starving kids. Oh, yeah. I... I'm finally I made my peace with it because I don't think that we this is going to sound controversial but I'll say it anyway I don't think that we need to know what's going on in other parts of the world I don't I don't think that if you can help someone absolutely I'm all for that I'm all for sending money and aid and that kind of thing but the news cycle is a very dangerous thing because you you need to fill 24 hours worth of broadcast time so you're going to find every possible oh, yeah. disaster to broadcast and it's yeah. I'm sitting here helpless and I can't help everyone. And my first instinct is to suffer with them because I just don't think it's fair. And how can I help you? Oh, well, I can send you some compassion and prayers and love. And maybe I'll deprive myself of some food too because it makes me feel better that one of us, you know, isn't doing better than the other. So the news is, I just remember thinking, you know, if I ever had kids, I don't think I would have a television. And we certainly would never watch the news. Wow. Um, because I just don't think it's important. I don't. I think what you have staring out your window, that is your world. Focus on that. You cannot worry about what's happening in, in other parts of the world with other people. Um, you have to clean up your own side of the street first, right? Yes, so, exactly. Um, I think that's what Gabby Bernstein says. But yeah, or it's like, you know, even in, in on the airplane, they're like, you have to put your own oxygen mask on first. Well, I just wrote right. a song with that lyric, exactly. Oh, perfect. That's very <laughs> synchronistic. It is synchronistic. Mm -hmm. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Um, but yes, exactly. And, yeah. That, that, and that actually, it relates to the song that I was telling you about, the codependent song that I just wrote, um, and codependent relationships as well. And everything relates to everything else. And food is, you know, what started this in this chain of events towards healing I didn't only heal my body, but you start to heal the relationships that you have with people as well and the quality of, of relationships and what you're willing to put up with changes, you know, or what you expect for yourself, um, you know, it changes. Well, as you begin to improve your diet and there's a certain mental fog, like everything kind of becomes mm -hmm. clearer. So, you know, th other things in your life come into alignment as well, um, and also, it's possible that as you, even before you make the decision to make a diet change, which is like a very third dimensional change, I mean, it's a physical change, mm -hmm. usually there has to be some sort of, you have to had to, you have to have reached a point emotionally or spiritually before that where, where you're committed to making a change, right? So everything is sort of linked together in, in a system. Um, and Absolutely. Yeah, these things aren't compartmentalized at all. Absolutely. No, you nailed it. And yeah. you actually just put it in perspective for me because I didn't I know that I had I had um I had changed other aspects of life and 
I had fixed everything except diet and I would meditate in the morning for at least an hour every morning and do like this whole, you know, ritual. Before your diet. Before, change. yeah. Way before. Well, that makes sense why you were able to make such, you were just obviously ready to make this very extreme exactly. change. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you, you talk about it being extreme and needing discipline. <laughs> it is to and, me. Well, you're right. Because of where I, mean, I am. Because of where I am. It's where I, when I look back, I mean, it was an overnight thing and I didn't look back. I just ran, but I mean, ran with it, but you're right. I, and I tend not to remember that, but it, it might, it would look extreme to other people. I mean, and you, we eat all the time. We, you know, we go out and we eat and I'm fortunate that I have friends like you, um, who basically follow the same structured diet as I do. Maybe it's not as rigid or restrictive, but you eat basically the same way that I do. So I'm lucky in that sense too, because I've been so fortunate to have people like you who inspired me. Um, and actually my other friend, Tim, who you met, he Mm -hmm. was also, he was the first person who was eating this way. And he was on that anti-candida diet years before like even when we were at Berkeley he was eating oh, yeah. super clean and that is very difficult because I did it <laughs> yes. and I literally actually I eat more sugar now than I oh. ever ate before then because when I went the candida diet is about eliminating sugar I mean even yeah. carrots have too much sugar so you yes. can't even have those right exactly. so um I, I lost my mind yeah. I I was you know I, know I felt great and I also but I was so addicted to sugar and I yeah. I'm not I never drank soda before that. Now, sometimes I do. I mean, Mm -hmm. I never want to live without sugar. That's kind of where I am right now. But, um, but I know how that tells me something about the addictive nature of sugar and I know how it's affecting me. Um, and I do notice, I did notice an enormous difference when I wasn't eating it, but I want to back up really quick. Fuchsia. I call Maritza Fuchsia because she's like Confucius. So that's her cute nickname that I have for her. Um, so Fuchsia. Mm-hmm. what is the diet that you're on right now? And um, so tell us how you are eating, what you've eliminated, sure. um, what's what's good, what's not good. And I know that it took a few different, like there was an evolution as well. Yes, so you didn't start out where you are right now. But absolutely. Um, and you still, I mean, and, you still went kind of hardcore. But from here, absolutely. I'm happy to share that. So starting August 1st for four days, um, so that was halfway into September, um, I was still, Let's see. I had cut out grains, and I had cut out all sh- all sugar and all fruit except berries, cherries, lemons, limes, avocados, um, and oh, raw organic honey. That was the only form of sugar that I was having for those four todays. And the thing about that first diet was it, it was based on the the diet that the Israelites, you know, followed in the Old Testament. So it was very biblical in nature. And those people at grains, however. They didn't eat genetically modified grains that we right. have now. So the first four todays, you cut out all those grains, all the sugar, except what I just mentioned, and you are allowed to have dairy. And dairy growing up was a staple. I, I love cheese. I, I love dairy. I love the memory of those things. Um, and so it was perfect for me because it wasn't all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually a few months later, and it always stems from like you're inspiring me or maybe a coworker or somebody else. Um, it was that coworker. He wasn't having any dairy. He, he was a vegan. And I thought, well, I feel amazing, but what if I try to eliminate dairy, even though I love it, let's just try to cut it out. I had no expectation. I felt even better. And so then I thought, well, I'm not having dairy. And what was, I was still having things like raw honey right. and come January, 
was when I made this connection between what was happening in my body and candida. And I realized that I had every single textbook symptom of a candida overgrowth. So what's candida? That's so, just, just for our listeners sure, here. Sure, absolutely. Candida is a yeast that exists in your body very naturally. It exists in your gut. And in your gut, there is um, there's a, like a, a handful of harmful bacteria that are kept in check by good bacteria. But the problem is, with the food that we eat and being on antibiotics, I mean, you can get antibiotics through just eating chicken. You know, if if oh the, the chicken is think in, of that. Yeah, if the oh chicken. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, game changer, right? If you know that the chicken is not organic, is not pasture raised, has been eating grains and stuff, oh and it's my possible that they inject the animals that you're eating, cattle as well, with antibiotics. So even if you haven't been on antibiotics your whole life, like sorry to say, I was ever since I was about five. Um, you could be getting antibiotics in your diet. And the problem with that is that they kill off bacteria in your gut. Right. And so now... The good bacteria that you need bacteria. to keep things running how they need to be running. Exactly. And so the problem with that is once the good bacteria is dead, then the bad bacteria spreads. And there's also a link between this overgrowth and a leaky gut or a damaged gut. And so I was on all these medications that were ripping up my stomach and the food that I was eating also was damaging my gut. And so the, the bad bacteria, the yeast, it overgrows and it becomes a fungus and it spreads through your bloodstream and it gets into the really hard to reach places like your fingers and your joints. And um, that is where inflammation starts. And so I had arthritis in my hands. I couldn't play piano. And um, Wow, my, was that bad? Yeah, it was bad for like a, a good couple years. Um, yeah. When I started the meds, they were anti-inflammatory. Well, no, they weren't anti-inflammatory. They were immunosuppressant, so they were suppressing my immune system. Great, just what you need. <laughs> exactly. Right? Let's, you let's know? suppress, like, yeah. Oh my exactly. God. Let's suppress the reaction and not treat the actual problem. Your immune so, system is there because you need it. That's exactly. the other thing too, which is like mind blowing, exactly. right? Yeah, it was wow. mind blowing that like doctors are trained to do this stuff, and that is common practice. They'll write your prescription, and that's fine. And um, it's, I don't even blame doctors. I mean, for a while I was really, when I healed, you know, you, your mind is blown because your body does everything that it needs to do. And in the meantime, the people that you were going to thinking they were helping you were actually making things worse. So I, for a while I was very bitter at like the Western medical um, system for how it's designed to set up just to write you these prescriptions for chemicals. And instead of just telling me to eat, but maybe they don't know. I, I, I don't even focus on it anymore because if there are people going through what I'm going through, I would love, like what I started doing was working on a blog. So you'll be able to link that um, from the website from maritzalord.com. And spell your name. M-A-R-I-T-Z-A-L-O-R-D.com. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's what candida is. And I realized too, the symptoms that I had were, you know, I don't know if you ever had this uncontrollable itching, like after you would eat sugar, I would just have itching like on my forearms, on my legs and this giant patch of red skin. And, um, it's like, I would like claw myself just trying to, you know, stop the itch. And, uh, that, that was what it was. I, I, I realized I had a candida overgrowth. So that's when the diet got very restrictive. 
because like you said, you can't even have things like carrots. I mean, I, I wasn't even having I had no carbohydrates, basically, no unless it's like broccoli, you know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and there mm-hmm. are natural sugars in veggies. But the, so the diet that and I didn't tell you, but I feel like I made like the biggest breakthrough on this candida thing a, a couple weeks ago. Um, and it's so it's been really? since January to now. It's been seven months. And I'm going to stay on this diet because I keep feeling better and better. And the candida thing is the idea is that you have to starve it off because it feeds on right. sugar. That's and the it's reason. been gradual. Like, I mean, you've experienced, yeah. I mean, from what the minute you first started this diet, you felt better right away. But it wasn't like it was still extremely gradual. Oh, yeah, like the how much better you feel now versus Absolutely. the little bit better that you felt then. Absolutely. You know, and yeah, it's been a really yeah. gradual process. And just to finish the, the, the you know, the train of thought, the, what I eat now, um, what I started eating in January and what I'm still eating now, it's easier to just say what I eat because mm-hmm. it's harder to list all the, all the restrictions. I eat anything that is an organic vegetable that is green. So anything that's green is game. And I eat lean protein in the forms of either wild-caught salmon or pasture-raised organic hormone and antibiotic-free chicken. Um, so pasture-raised chicken is important because if they're picking or pecking at the grass and the ground, they're not eating genetically modified grains. Um, and that oversimplifies it. But that's basically it. It's, you know, it's fish and chicken. Everything is organic. And um, my dinner plate is just, it's green. It's All of it is green. And then in the very center is like a small portion of some, of some protein. And I'll tell you something else, too, that really like sped up the healing was fasting I um one day I just felt like oh I feel like I need to take a rest from all this food so I fasted maybe three days and I would have just one plate of veggies I wasn't even having protein it was just like maybe artichokes or something um and by the third day I can't tell you how soft my skin felt and how incredibly clear and clean my system felt so fasting is also something that I do intermittently because I I don't think it's coincidental that every single major world religion incorporates fasting in some sure. way or another. That makes you know? a lot of sense. So, and I think that that's the whole point of religion in the first place. It's people regiment certain lifestyle choices that are beneficial to our health. It is actually healthy to believe in God. Um, and so all these things are really just for people to prosper. And fasting is one of those things that's really, really, really beneficial. Um, and it's meditative as well. I, I would sit there and the first time I did it, I realized the second an anxious thought came to me, it could be the smallest thing like, oh, did I leave the stove on? The second that an anxious thought entered into my mind, my stomach would start to kind of churn or I'd, oh, feel, sure. like, I'd feel like, oh my gosh, I'm hungry now. Oh dear. And that's another anxiety. Um, and so, you know, being aware of your thoughts and being more inside of your body and feeling that inner body that's meditative and you can control your hunger in that. And I actually read, I, I was curious about fasting and why I felt like I had to do it. So I started researching. Apparently your brain generates more neurons when you're hungry because, you know, when we live back in caves, wow. we, of course we would fast and we would feast and we'd fast and we'd feast and we'd eat whenever we, we caught food. But your body has to be in an, a heightened state of alert. Your brain has to be sharper in order to catch food. So when yeah. you're hungry, you make more neurons. And, um, 
<laughs> wow, that's amazing. So that's it. That's all that I eat is I, I drink water with lemon. And, and you know that now because you, you do it too and it's, it's alkalizing. Wow. So I try to focus on the alkalizing food. And if you don't know what alkaline foods are, you know, you can read all about it on the internet. At, you know, acidic versus alkaline foods. Um, and the goal is to keep your blood at a certain pH um, number and it's it's a, a, you, you thrive or your body thrives in an alkaline state except for your stomach which is acidic um, but it, it I take supplements now too which I didn't do before so the whole thing was very healing to my stomach I couldn't even digest supplements before I didn't realize how much of a damaged gut I had and all of these things are all linked I mean this the second that I started to address the candida problem I also started to actively heal my gut by taking herbal supplements. Um, like one of them is called Intestinu. It, uh, it's by Renew Life and it's called Intestinu and it's extremely healing. And, you know, I used to experience bloating and all sorts of weird stuff and just feeling extremely uncomfortable in my like stomach area. And the bloating's gone. That was also another symptom of candida. So there right. was a lot of overlapping problems, just many things that had gone wrong and they were causing issues. And yeah, and it, the healing is just an ongoing thing, but relatively, I've never felt this good in my entire life. And let's just uh, say you're not on any medications that they prescribed for right. you. Like exactly. a year or two years ago, you were on, I remember when you started those, yeah. and that was a real problem for you because the medications had such terrible side effects yeah. that that made you know, it really different. I mean, the side effects were just as bad as whatever symptoms you were getting exactly. relief from. So you were on these really heavy duty medications that made you very sick, oh, yeah. basically, and you're not on and they and you were told that you needed those. Yeah, I was told. And uh, you're not I stopped on seeing doctors. I stopped, seeing, <laughs> I stopped seeing them. Like I started this diet and within two weeks, Rebecca, the arthritis in my hand started to go away. I felt like like I wanted to shout from the rooftops that something miraculous is happening and we have just the wrong idea of what health is. You know, doctors told me that there was no cure for this illness. Yeah, that's that of course there isn't a cure for it. It's a set of consequences. All you have to do is reverse them. So I, I talk about healing and not a cure because there is no cure for anything. Um, you know, illness right. isn't a question mark mystery. It's just a set of consequences of how you've been living so far. And it, I, I'm so grateful to have gotten sick and have found my way to health. It's been a blessing and it was, it was difficult, but everything that's come out of it is, has been such a huge lesson to me. And it opens my eyes up, you know, about just the entire world and the fact that we live in this place, like you said, where we're just always being plugged with the wrong things and the billboards of milkshakes and hamburgers. And meanwhile, people are dying. And a lot of people have made the connection between diet and living well and health. But as a general society, I think most people still don't know. I mean, you, you're an exception and you do live a relatively healthy lifestyle compared Comparatively, to Comparatively, but I'm still eating a ton of garbage right now but, by choice, by conscious choice, you know. And you live in the society. Right. I mean, you know. Yeah, I do. I've been a very extreme case. And, and yeah, I prepare my meals and I, yes, I take them out. But there's been a turn as well. And it's been amazing um, because I feel like because I've had this experience and with my personality as well, I wear my heart on my sleeve and I talk about it openly. And 
it's actually changing other people's perceptions. And I, I talk with people and I don't feel ashamed of my illness or anything like that. Um, and so I think people respond to that because I think everybody feels the way that we do it. Maybe they just don't know, but people know something's wrong. People are unhappy and they don't, they don't know why, you know? And so the second that you, you talk about what's happened to you and, you know, meanwhile, they're having McDonald's French fries and stuff and they're, they look at it differently after you tell them the story because they Mm. think I need to do something about my health too. I should eat organic green food. Well, there's an unconsciousness. So essentially, and what I've noticed is there's a fog Mm -hmm. And um, it's the same as like, you know, I've gone through long phases of my life where I decided, okay, no more drinking like alcohol, period, not even in social situations. And I, I am a social drinker. When I was in my early 20s, I drank more than socially. (laughs) I never had a problem, but um, I was drinking, you know, I'd come home and I'd have a glass of wine alone in my apartment at night, you know, things like that. That was not social drinking. So I stopped doing that after a while and then I just drank socially and now... Um, for, for most, I would say most of this past year, I didn't. And actually, over the last couple of weeks, I have been drinking more, um, like having wine with friends, yeah. things like that. But there's a fog that will descend. Um, and you just kind of um, numb yourself out. And mm-hmm. then nothing is as pressing. Do you know what I mean? It's almost Absolutely. it's literally like you're just living in a foggy, hazy, Absolutely. misty. And so you're not dealing with whatever um, issues might be there. And I feel like it's not just with alcohol and substances. This is the same with food. So this morning I was I'm staying in Boston these days and I where I'm staying, I can't cook. So I normally I live in New York. And uh, so I'm like buying all my meals and I wake up and I'm starving and I'm going to go out and get something to eat. And the last couple of days I've been eating grilled cheese sandwiches and chocolate chip cookies. (laughs) And of course, like a few days ago during my week, I was eating more salads. So I'm a little bit all over the place these days, right? I'm like kind of making an effort. But right after I eat this grilled cheese sandwich and I can digest gluten just fine. Mm-hmm. But this, I notice a difference. I'm just hazy. I'm foggy. I am then beginning to crave more of these types oh, of foods, yeah, right? Absolutely. So the cravings are really difficult to knock. And Gosh, the yeah. other thing is blood sugar. So when you were saying that, you know, um, our brain creates or builds more neurons or nor- more neural pathways when we're hungry, mm-hmm. that's incredible, right? It's like I was thinking, oh my God, so many people that are listening to this might be like me who are people that get what I like to call hangry (laughs) and I really do like I mean I could just take the last ounce of energy I have to just strangle whoever's next to me I mean it's like so bad right I'm such a bitch when I'm hungry and I was on the candida diet like a couple years ago to try to clear up this like chronic infection that I had and it was really hard for me to stay on this diet I mean it was like I would walk down the street and I would see people eating ice cream and it was like literally torture for me I never thought knew how addicted I was to sugar (laughs) until I was on this diet Um, but I remember you know um noticing there was a big difference and it only took about a week or so 10 days (laughs) where um I wouldn't have these blood sugar drops, so I wouldn't get hangry anymore. Even if I hadn't eaten in about six hours or the normal amount of, you know, maybe three or four hours, the normal amount of time where I would start to get hungry again, I would start to get kind of like 
bitchy and anxious and that was was not happening and it was like my body completely recalibrated itself and you know even though it hadn't gotten any food it was just the blood sugar was balanced and that my whole mind was clear everything was clear and beyond my health issues beginning to clear up um I found myself spiritually and emotionally and mentally um able to just I had like this great clarity in my life and I was like oh I I had new perspective on my life and then I was able to then go and shift other things in my life that didn't necessarily have to do with my physical health but they are all tied in so other poor habits I had other things I'd been avoiding other things that needed to happen other shifts I needed to make um you know, when you get clear, you're like, oh, I'm just sitting here. I'm not really well, happy with this part of my life. Maybe I, I need to make this change. And when you're sitting there stuffing your face with fucking cheeseburgers, yeah, I, I agree entirely. you're like, mm, yum, Absolutely. yum, so good. And then you're just not thinking about anything else. And so and you said some really important things, too, <laughs> that I might have forgotten about how I felt. You said that, and actually, it, it just sparked this idea too that you know, you know, you you've read Bible stories and that sort of thing, and people are always asleep. Get you know, I think it's a symbol of unconscious living, and yes. I think yes. these are these are ways of waking up. I mean, this Preach. is it's an age old thing. You know, we we live unconsciously a lot of the time, but wake up, you know, and the funny thing is it happens naturally just by eating. And I'm so glad you said that about not experiencing the hypoglycemia anymore. Yes. When I say that you're walking around in this society, I mean, we walk around Manhattan and oh it's just, it's a system of illusions. I can't tell you, Becca, how wrong I was about all these things, but I was conditioned. We were all conditioned to think milk is good for you. Uh, you yeah. need milk. You need your calcium. I it's, never drank milk as a kid. I couldn't swallow well, it. It was disgusting. I go. would vomit it up, basically. And everyone said, "You're gonna, you're your gonna, bones are gonna break. <laughs> yes, you're gonna be exactly. short." Meanwhile, I was like the healthiest, tallest. You kid. were. You were. And, and no one could make me drink it because it was disgusting. I, I couldn't get it that down about you because <laughs> I used to force well, it down my throat I as well. And then you just you live with it. You think that what you learned. Why wouldn't? Why would you ever doubt or question? what you've learned. I mean, there are some very basic tenets of living. And one of them is the food that we eat, the standard American diet um, called the sad diet. Yes. It's so funny because all of the things that I used to think, like I mentioned, I used to think I needed all this carb and sugar to work out at the gym. Otherwise, I'd be hypoglycemic. I'm going to have all these issues. And yeah, it's funny because it sounds extreme. But the second I stopped eating all that sugar, including fruit, was the second that I stopped needing sugar because there are actually right. sh- you, you do need carbohydrates your blood your liver needs it um, but we don't need as much as we really think that we do and it, it's just really funny the only thing that you really need in your life is green whole foods um, and I, I'm really glad that you mentioned the hypoglycemic thing because yeah that was something that also happened to me that I could not believe I couldn't believe that I wouldn't get that anymore just from eating this way and I wasn't eating any sugar. So mm-hmm. our Absolutely. entire ideas are skewed and the only way to even understand that is to walk the path. You know, like knowing the path and walking it are two different things. But people yeah. have to experience it for themselves. I mean, I can't possibly even talk about how much positive change has come about in my life just by being more mindful of what I put in my mouth. And it's very simple. It's funny too because it doesn't mean a really expensive grocery bill. I don't eat things like 
bread and I don't buy things like milk or juice or any of that stuff anymore. So you save money in those ways. I buy organic green food. Uh, I mean, veggies. And, um, and now, you don't eat that much probably because you're not like, you know, your brain isn't addicted to sugar and craving and you're not overeating. Exactly. That's probably another big thing is you just don't need to overeat. There's no. so much nutrition in what you're putting in your body Absolutely. that your body is like, you know, if you're eating garbage all the time, your body's not getting the nutrition. So aside from the addictive factors of all the Absolutely. salt, sugar, and additives, you're yeah. actually just always hungry because your body's like, God damn it, give me some give vitamin me C. I, exactly. <laughs> give me what I need. Right? And no, you're right. Yeah. And it's so, it's great that you touched on that topic as well because your thyroid glands and your your and your adrenal gland there's something that they help to monitor and to regulate cravings and when they do when things are out of thyroid whack thyroid does wow when when things are out of whack in your body and you don't give your cells what they need and the mitochondria in your cells are starving because they need we don't even that's the funny thing about medicine and science it hasn't evolved to the point that it even understands everything that our body needs. It's just very, it's simple enough. We've evolved to thrive on certain foods. And sadly, industrialization and technological advancements have sort of bolstered our egos. And we think that we know what we want now because we've always been programmed to be addicted to sugar. You know, we build supermarkets and we put freezers in them and then we stack the shelves with all this stuff that we couldn't get when we were evolving in caves, you know, if you pass by a patch of berries, you had to eat them and your body would store all that energy and because you didn't know when you were coming across another exactly. patch. Exactly. But now when we crave sugar, we can just pop to the store, I'll pick up a Snickers, I'll have this, I'll have that. And it yeah. is so, it's so sickening and detrimental to our health. And the thing that makes me sick is when I see kids and I, I cause oh, I, yeah. you know, poor, the kids don't know any better. But kids, um, their bodies know, because when I was a kid, yeah. I used to eat craft dinner. So it's mac and cheese to to Americans and yeah. um, I would crave it and I would eat two bites and then I couldn't eat anymore. Like literally couldn't, I was just, I would feel sick. Me too. Um, and then over the over time, of course, my body adjusted and then I was able to eat this and process this garbage. But I remember my parents, when I was a kid, were more health conscious than most. And so I didn't get a lot of processed food. And when I did, I couldn't digest it very well. I would have like big gastrointestinal distress. Mm -hmm. And of course, over time, I was able, my body adjusted. And so like, I don't know. I mean, if you're raised on this stuff from the time you're off the nipple, you're getting McDonald's French fries shoved down your throat. Your body's going to adjust to that. And these kids don't know what they're eating. Exactly. You know? And they don't know any better. And, mm -hmm. you know, this, they're sort of victims. I mean, that's that's how a child is just kind of at the mercy of the parent and whatever the parent says. And so there are a lot of children who are obese and um, they've passed the point of I, feel, I just feel like there there is a point of no return sometimes if that kind of thing happens really early on in, in your life. Um, and they're going to have to deal with so many problems and emotional and, and learning issues as well that are going to come up because their brains just aren't being fed what they really right, need. Right, right. And so, even emotional eating, right? Oh, like yeah, what you were saying, absolutely. right? So I was like back to the concept of you know, being in this fog, right? It's like, and this is a great example because our other bestie, Kara, she's my roommate. Mm -hmm. She, I remember, I'm sure she wouldn't mind if I mentioned this, but she was saying, you know, I noticed that every time I, I eat a cookie, I was feeling bad right before I ate it. 
She's like, every yes. time I feel bad, I eat a cookie. She stopped doing that, right? She like made an effort, but she was so, it was so unconscious for her for a long time. And that's how amazing she is, is that she like hauled herself out of that and was able to, to see, but it's like, um, yeah, there's a lot of issues like that that are tied in and then you just kind of go yeah. into the fog and problems disappear for a few minutes, right? <laughs> exactly. Because you're and on this that, sugar rush. Absolutely. And so the, then you, you know, don't deal with stuff and then the rest of your life goes to shit <laughs> if you want to be really dramatic. <laughs> it's so true. It's so right. true. And, it, you know, if you want to tackle things like that, absolutely fast and see, see where your mind takes you. Because you'll start to you'll start to recognize things that you wouldn't have before, and it takes a huge amount of self awareness. It really does. And you're someone who I admire for that because you do have that self awareness that I didn't before. But you're right. I was in a fog, and it probably always stemmed from diet. Um, I was sick from or it's way, intertwined way with little, that. Way little. Um, being ill with like, I, I think I had rheumatoid arthritis and stuff. I used to have to take. Um, penicillin and antibiotics and stuff from like the age of five and I rejected all of it too I used to like throw it away when my parents weren't looking luckily but nobody ever just thought and that's and that's also a credit to the human body because after 30 years of illness oh yeah you can still heal. I mean, age really makes no difference at all. Unbelievable, it, right? It's incredible. You just have to give your body exactly what it needs. And all that it needs is green food. That's all it needs. And I, say, <laughs> I, say, I say organic because it's important that you're not eating food that's Got covered in pesticides. On it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so the organic thing is not a trend. I mean, you know, and the way that I talk about it too, people people might go, "Wow, that's a that's a mouthful." You, non hormones, you know, like antibiotic free, hormone free, pasture raised, this and that, non GMO. Look, my body's healed eating that alone, so it's absolutely worth it, and it's worth it's worth the money. I mean, my my grocery bill is actually lower than it used to be, because like I said, I'm not buying bread and juice and all this other stuff. And you I, have to cook at home because you pretty yeah. much can't eat out anywhere. Very few, and in, even in New York City, there's oh. there are places you can eat. I mean, this would be harder if I you mean, lived in a small town somewhere. You're so right. But, um, but you're cooking everything, so I, that does yeah. save money automatically. Seriously, I went to Hugh Kitchen, which is a place we we've gone there many times, yeah. but. Hugh Kitchen in, in Union Square. Um, it's a place that credits itself on serving non-genetically modified organic um, gluten-free food. And it's delicious. It's paleo, basically. It's paleo, exactly. Caveman diet. Yeah, the place. caveman diet, which I basically eat a paleo diet. But I had a funny reaction because I had some – there were some tomatoes in the food. It's a nightshade that I mm-hmm. I know that I have a you know a thing t- – I'm just in, intolerant to nightshades now. Um, and I had it and I had a flare up. So no more Hugh Kitchen, you know, and the list gets shorter mm-hmm. and shorter and shorter. And they do put a lot of natural sugar. I mean, less than anyone else, really. Yeah. But there are still they, natural yeah. sugars in those food, coconut, in that food, coconut sugar, you know, and they, they even have a sign on the wall that's yeah. like, we think you should, we do use sugar. We think you Absolutely. shouldn't, you know, eat a lot of it. But yeah, and, and they have to because people are just so used to <laughs> Well, Used exactly. To that. People's palates are, mm-hmm. are conditioned. Yeah. And exactly, if they want to serve food that people like, then they have to meet people's tastes. I get it. And um, and it's a great place. I mean, if you're in New York City, you should check it out. And they have a couple locations. Um, but I just noticed that I really, I have to stick with this diet. Otherwise, veering off of it, I get sick again. 
you know, and it's, so, it's great because I, it benefits me in so many other ways, not just like warding off this autoimmune issue. Right. It's your whole life is clear. And then from there you're able to, you know, you're just living from a really high perspective. Um, Said, yeah. and from wellness, you know, from a place of wellness where you're able to then just do what needs to be done and take, take the best action and live the best life that you, that you're capable of living. So yeah. can you just tell everybody again, what the name of the diet is that you're on and what the book is, any books oh, that they your favorite absolutely. resources? So what, they can do actually is if they visit my website, they'll be able to check out the blog. Um, the blog is called beatbachettes.com and there's a resource section in, in the blog that lists all the books that I've read, all the books that I've inspi been inspired by. Um, my diet now is a collection sorry, of Sorry, darling, you're going to several... have to spell beat bichettes. How do you spell bichettes? It's okay. I just want to make okay. sure it's, get it. So beat, B-E-A-T, yeah. and bichettes is B-E-H-C-E-T apostrophe S. And okay. Yeah. And my website's www.maritzalord.com. But the the diet that I'm on is, is a collection. It's a sort of um, a combination of paleo. And the first book that I read was called The Maker's Diet. And there, you know, there are lots of biblical references, lots of God references in that. And it's, um, let's see, the first diet... I recommend it for anybody who wants to start out eating this way because it's a it's a good stepping stone. I mean, you get to keep your natural sugars like honey and and fruit and you get to keep your dairy because that's the hardest thing is to cut out cheese for some people. Um, but the first proponent is no grains. You have to stop. So that means no alcohol as well. No, no quinoa, no brown rice, no, no brown things rice. like that. Okay. Yeah. No brown rice, no wild rice even. And there are different phases of that first diet. So mm -hmm. I highly recommend that book. Um, it's really good for just jumpstarting this whole thing. And you're going to feel improvements in your body just by following the, um, the recommended diets and the recommended brands. The great thing about this book too is that he lists a bunch of companies um, that follow, you know, like unpasteurized food. It's kind of hard, especially in New York. It's, it's illegal in the States to sell, yeah. um, to market unpasteurized food. But I, I was know. like, I found mm. this co-op. I don't know if you know about this. This is co-op in, in New York City. And you can buy, and it's super fresh because I tried it when I was having dairy. Um, you can buy goats and sheep's milk products and dairy, uh, cow's milk products as well. And um, they deliver to your house or you can pick them up, you know, at certain locations in Manhattan or Brooklyn. And their qual the quality is super high. And you take a risk because it's unpasteurized. I mean, pasteurization is a controversial topic anyway, but I really believe in it. I think, you know, by heating things at a, at a high temperature, you kill off all of the beneficial, you know, whether it's bacteria or nutrients or enzymes. And, you know, you're, you're left with a dead food and that's what you consume. So you're basically exactly. just drinking milk fat. And, you know, so I, I, I started on this raw food thing, which was recommended in the first book called The Maker's Diet. And it Im immediately made a huge improvement in my health because I was eating really just dead food up until then. So even if people stick with that, it's in incredible how, how much better you're going to feel in your everyday life just by eating an upgraded version of what you're eating now. If you, you know, if you do eat dairy or you do eat sugars or fruit or whatever, you won't be able to have all fruit. You'll just be able to have cherries, berries, lemons, limes, avocados, and raw 
um, unpasteurized honey. And then the second the, the diet that I guess I did was I just cut out the dairy. And um, let's see, what else did I cut out? And then the candida, the anti-candida diet, which we mentioned before, where I cut out every fruit and anything. I, Any vegetable fruit... that was high in sugar, <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's, why I'm, that's why I ended up with a green plate. And because mm-hmm. anything with it's, I mean, I know that, you know, red veggies, like red bell peppers and beets. carrots and beets and sweet potatoes, these things are extremely healthy as well. But if you have a candida problem, you have to eliminate and, and stop feeding the fungus because it's a yeast that grows into a fungus. So you really have to starve it off. So it's not even forever. You're just going to do it for as long as you need to. And it took me a good seven months before I could really feel in my body that I'm cool again. This is, I'm, I don't have this crazy bloating or itching or, you know, and the inflammation's gone down as well. So I don't have arthritis anymore. Um, Amazing. And, Amazing. And yeah, no more meds, no more meds, no more doctors, Amazing. no more arthritis. And I just continue to heal. And so that's, that's the diet. It's, you said and, you're growing new hair, like on your head too. <laughs> like your hairline is different. Yeah. It's, it's funny. And I think that I read that there was a study done um, on, you know, a group of men and they were asked to eliminate grains from their diet. And they didn't realize that one thing that started happening among the men who stopped consuming grains was the balding one started to grow hair again. And they didn't realize that was going to be, you know, sort of an effect of that's what grains do sometimes. Um, And to each his own. But yeah, now I'm like, I've, this hairline is changing instead of receding. It's actually extending and um, yeah, my hair. Not that you nails. had a receding hairline before, because I no, I, I, I didn't. Any, you didn't, but <laughs> I, did, I didn't. But what you know, I just mean it's it's in the moving in the opposite direction. It's not receding, so it's like extending forward. Yeah. So I'm basically just renewed. Every you know, my cells have renewed themselves basically. Um, and nobody says you can do that, but you know this better than anybody else. People cure themselves of cancer and all sorts of crazy degenerative illnesses like MS. That's another great book, um, called the walls protocol. It's W A H L apostrophe S and Terry walls is the name of this doctor. She was a conventional medical doctor. She was diagnosed with progressive MS. She was in a wheelchair and she started experimenting on herself all through diet and supplement supplementation, like taking vitamins. Um, and she healed herself and now she rides a bicycle. <laughs> you know, she couldn't move. Yeah, any- go, go girl. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. You know, it's everything is possible. It's just that we've been led to believe a pack of lies really. And no one knows what our bodies are capable of. We just have to give it the right thing. And we can fly if we wanted to. It's Nobody knows. I mean, we all think that we're tethered and that we need carbs and that we need this and we need milk. And we. And meanwhile, corporations are benefiting and you're putting more money in their pocket. But we, really, we, we need to support the organic food industry is what it, it boils down to. And, you know, people complain. It's always the go-to excuse is that that food is just more expensive. I can just afford cheaper food. I don't know. Don't you want to contribute to the health food industry and to organic foods in general, I, I would rather see, you know, my local farmer's market prosper than bloody walk into McDonald's and buy a, I don't know, whatever, you know? So I'm also conscious of that. I would rather put my food, my money into healthy foods and to into sustainable living than into the fast food industry. Mm -hmm. So 
that's it really. Yeah. It's huge. I I encourage everyone to do it. I mean, we all have a responsibility to our own health. And the only time that you even think about your health is when when you get sick or when it starts to decline. Exactly. But aging is not what we think it is. It doesn't have to, it doesn't mean degeneration. You know, people think, oh, I don't know, I'm 60, I'm old. No, not at all. I'm convinced I can live past 100 just living this way for the rest of my life. So... You know, I, I hope it inspires people to do that. And, and I would love for people to check out the blog because I'll post pictures of my symptoms and everything. I mean, I, I had I don't, no idea you had this blog. Um, I recently started building it because I finally reached a place where I am ready to start articulating the journey and everything else. And um, yeah, I, I noticed actually when I was experiencing this the, the first few symptoms, of course, you take to the internet and you start to research what's going on with me. And there weren't many resources for Bichette's well, it's disease. it's kind of a rare disease, is it not? Yeah. It's very it, uncommon. It is. It's, it's a rare illness. But I actually think there are more people maybe around in the world that suffer from it that it's just not documented as yet. So well, it took you a long time to get a diagnosis. Exactly. So doctors wouldn't diagnose me until I had all the symptoms, even though I knew this was what I had based on everything that I was reading online. But it took me a good, I don't know, maybe six years to get proper diagnosed. Wow. And then (laughs) that was a whole other rabbit hole I fell down because I was so excited thinking, oh, yes, finally I'll be able to get these meds and then I'll feel better. And I ended up on five different medications and managing the meds and those side effect symptoms as well as having, you know, and the meds, that's the other thing. They did not even take away all of the symptoms. They kind of just turned the volume knob down. Right, and then gave you new problems. Yeah, so, you know, it was just, it was another rabbit hole. And, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah it, it, it really, it, it connects you to your to yourself. It's not just about looking good or, you know, even feeling good in your body, it, it honestly, it transcends everything that your mind could possibly perceive life to be. Um, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. The fog lifts and you gain this clarity and this new perspective that we can all use, you know, nobody's got anything figured out and you're not as in control as you think you are. So if you do have control over certain things like what you put in your mouth, then own up and, um, you know. That makes I, a lot of sense, of course, Yeah. That's one thing that you can control for the most part. And so, and if you can, if doing that will help you to fly higher and live bigger. Absolutely. um, And and change the world in your own way. Because, you know, if we all, if we all followed this, it's just very simple tenets of lifestyle. If we all just get healthier, um, then, you know, there, maybe there won't be fast food. I mean, that's, I hope that we won't have those or problems. Or there'll be different fast food. It'll or, be bro- exactly. it'll be organic broccoli. It'll be organic, you know, and <laughs> ready it'll be, to go in ten seconds. You, you know? know, and maybe there'll be a farm next door, so we don't have to import right. it from bloody New Zealand or wherever. Like right. Chipotle gets there. That's what somebody just told me. Chipotle gets their cattle from New Zealand now. Because <laughs> everything uh, is about finances. Unfortunately, yes, exactly. it doesn't make any freaking sense. But exactly, you know, but you know, it's come wherever on. is the cheapest they can do it is where they're going to do it. So. Absolutely. You know, yeah. so let's take everything. And I think everybody wants to wants to make a difference in the world, too. They just, I did. I, I mean, all I've ever done was wanting to change the world and thinking, like, how can my music affect this and that and the other? You don't even realize the change has to start with you. I mean, you cannot affect change unless it, it starts within. And so 
it's incredible. But just just from being sick and then going through this healing process and journey, I inspire people whenever I talk to people about food and diet, and it makes such a huge difference in their lives. And imagine if we all lived that way. I'm not even saying that my way is the best way. I just mean if if every single person just started by eating a healthy diet, you know, we could affect change in ways that I can't even possibly imagine. Right. But, you know, I, I teach kids as well. I teach mid- middle school kids and I know that the statistics are a- against them. It's not in their favor that they're supposed to actually die before their parents. Like this is the first generation since World War II oh that is not God. supposed to survive their parents. Where did you get that statistic? I read it in one of these books that oh I, I, I wish I remembered where, but you know, it's the first generation since World War II that um, they're not going to survive their parents apparently because they because of like high childhood obesity rates, right? Things like that. Yeah, degenerative oh, illness, so they're going to get sick, and it's because of food. And it's a whole other can of worms, but I mean, a lot of that is socioeconomic factors as well. If you go to one neighborhood versus another neighborhood, you're going to see a super different picture in terms of how healthy the kids are and what food they're Gosh, eating. Absolutely. But and that's that's a whole other that's a whole other thing. But I I want to ask you aside from the physical healing that you've experienced, you know, your skin clearing up, no more joint pain, no more gastrointestinal issues, um you know, like among many other things. What is the biggest um, what is the biggest shift or healing that you've experienced in your life that you would say is as a result of shifting the diet but that isn't a physical uh, yeah result it's a, a good question um, the biggest positive change that the diet has led to spiritually in my life mm-hmm. is a balance between my body and my mind and it led me to, you know, authors like Eckhart Tolle. I really, you know, I like adore that man. And I've read all his books. And he sort of helped me transcend this this understanding or idea of what the ego is. Um, and it's really just the mind or it's a fa- false sense of self. And I attribute so many bad decisions or poor decisions and, you know, mistakes that I've made in my life to my mind and my ego and, you know, links to trying to be perfect all the time or being a perfectionist and, you know, it's unnecessary pressure. So the diet lifted all of that and things fell into place without my even needing to make them happen. And everything happened in a way that I could never possibly have imagined that it would. Um, And so where I am now is at a place where, you know, like you try to meditate every day or you know, you pray or you have a spiritual practice. And even the idea of what meditation is to me now, it's it's more of um, inhabiting my inner body, you know. And so like if I were to ask you, if you do you think you're more of a mind-centered person or a body-centered person? Me? Yeah. Mind. Absolutely. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I, but yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's the thing. I mean, I, I absolutely am and was as well. But I'm working on being more centered in my body because I believe that my body is way more intelligent than my mm, mind will it's ever got be. Wisdom. It has it has wisdom that my mind couldn't possibly grasp. But well, we, it's, we, it's the densest manifestation of your spirit. Oh, I think is. right, and so yeah. um, it's got the power to wake you up, and that's what your illness was. Um, was it's like I'm sure that you were getting 
getting other signals before you manifested an illness saying, hey, um, you might want to change this, you know, um, just on a gut level. And if we don't listen to these things, it's, it's my theory or belief um, that that's when things, our body will speak up to make us listen. Yeah. Right? So exactly. you might want to listen before we start getting, um, before things, so it doesn't have to scream at us and, well, you know, exactly. cause major problems. Yeah. And I am the type of person who needed to learn things the hard way because I was so mind-centered and I was ignoring cues. Um, and it's just, it's, and it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I, I, every day I try to like hang the ego, hang the ego and make t-shirts that read hang the ego, Cute. you know, and just that, that's where I am. I'm, I'm, the ego is something you'll never escape from. You'll never ex- escape from your mind or your inner critic or any of that stuff. But, um, it's become the central focus now spiritually and in every other way, artistically too. Like I'm cool with sharing music now if it has a blip or a, a little problem with it or something that's a foul note that I think people don't even notice that stuff. It's, right. you know, our minds generate all these really strange illusions. Um, and I, before I wouldn't release something unless it were perfect. So guess what? I didn't release anything because nothing oh, was yeah. ever good enough. I am exactly the same way, sister. <laughs> you and yeah. I have the same. Yeah. And so now it's more about authenticity. It's you know, exactly. We still want to put effort in and we still oh, want yeah, to yeah. do I our mean, best. But You're never going to get over that. It's not like you're going to turn into a lazy bones and go, I'll give them everything. No, but there's a balance. And I'm learning every single day that I, I was telling you earlier, too, that my focus is on sharing everything and anything, any, especially the shit that I would have been sh- ashamed to have shared mm. because that is the stuff that connects us as human beings. It's the stuff that people, that's, that's what great art does. It resonates with you and, you know, great comedy and comedians, they talk about the most embarrassing stuff. That's what's so funny is it's true and it's embarrassing. And so I'm, you know, my focus is really, it's on being in my body and not letting my mind run me. We were talking about the hamster and the wheel. I, I was letting the wheel run the hamster before. But, <laughs> you know, like that's <laughs> such a good one. You gotta, you gotta run on that wheel. You don't let the wheel run, run you. You know. Yeah, um, there's a saying they say. Um, Anne Ortley, my astrology teacher, says this too. She's like, "Do your Saturn, or your Saturn will do you." Right. And so, for anyone who and, doesn't and, speak and astrology, is, it's the yeah, same idea. Saturn. But what does Saturn represent? It's restrictions and limitation, but it's also foundations. It's building something from the ground up. Yeah. It's um, it's kind of like your mom not letting you have candy for breakfast because that's terrible for you. You know, it's ter- you'll rot your teeth. It'll right. and you just at first you're a kid. You're like upset that you don't get what you want, really. But it's for your best. It's for your own good. So Saturn, mm-hmm. a lot of the time, things don't work out how you want them to. You don't get what you want. Um, things move very slowly, but that's because it's always in your best interest. It's like if you move forward the way that you want to, um, it's gonna. There are gonna be problems. So it it forces you to slow down and build a really steady, sturdy, lasting, perfect foundation from the ground up. Absolutely. Um, so it's seen as a bad guy, but it's it's really not. Absolutely. It's really not. And mm-hmm. you know, it's but that's also a really good point that you make too. Nothing is bad or good. You know, nothing is ever bad. And again, it's like an egoic interpretation of what's happening in my life. Oh, this is terrible or this is bad. I shouldn't say this or I shouldn't do this. And like I I have controversial ideas. I know that. Um, 
But I also just think, I think that any darkness or any ill deed or ill will even in the world, I think it comes from a place of good. I think the divine logic is, it's something that humans could never understand. I mean, there are terrible things that happen in this oh, world. We totally can't understand it. And we're not mm -hmm. meant to understand it because mm -hmm. we cannot know what the plan is. You know, you have to move from darkness to light. You need darkness to really appreciate light. And, you know, terrible things that happen in this world, like even going back to thinking about those images of starving children and that. And like, I just remember being a kid and like going ballistic at the TV going like, why doesn't the cameraman just give that child a cracker? I don't understand. You have like a camera. I'm pretty sure I you had go. the same thought. You, didn't you think that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> you're just like, why just give that kid a cracker, please. And end this torture right now. But it was never meant, you know, it, it's, it's supposed to elicit that response from you. That's the whole idea. And there are things that we don't understand and that we won't and it'll drive you crazy trying to figure it out but it's not your job to figure it out you know what you see outside your window mm. that's your world deal with that you don't have to fo focus on anybody else or anything else that's going on and um good and bad doesn't exist i think that everything comes from a place of love i understand love in very different terms now than i used to too um and so yeah, suffering and all that. The world is perfect the way that it is. It needs to be the way that it is so that we can transcend it and come to another place that you and I will never live long enough to even know what where that's going or where we'll end up. But I not um, in these bodies. Not in these <laughs> bodies. Well said, yes, exactly. But that's where we're at right now. I believe in living moments out loud, sharing the parts of myself that I would have been, are you kidding me? I was scared as shit to like, you know, even discuss some of the things that we're discussing now. So it's, it's evolved me in that way that, and it's brought me closer to my child, you know, to that and inner child. Closer to who you really are. So exactly. without this illness, which you could easily say is a bad thing that you had to experience, right. you never would be experiencing the level of health and wellness that you're experiencing today. Thank right? you for summing so it up. Yeah, the exactly. pendulum had to swing all the way in that other direction in order to be able to swing as far in this direction. Absolutely. Um, you know, and it, it, there's always, you know, going to be peaks and troughs or mountains and valleys, but hopefully, you're, you know, you're always going to be um, going more and more toward balance in the center. And I think I, I've known you on this diet for about a year now, and you've always said since day one, this is a lifestyle change. This is forever. I'm never going back. Yeah. And I really believe you. I really do. Oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't think that you ever will. Um, you know, you've, you've not faltered. And so, and from time to time, you might allow yourself now to have to stray oh, yeah. from it slightly, but you're not going to McDonald's and having a Big Mac. I mean, no, we're talking I, a piece of dried fruit. But you're not. I went, so you know, I went to Canada like a couple weeks ago for this wedding. And I actually tried a piece of, like, it was, um, it was a Caribbean thing. Was this um, the barbecue chicken? No, <laughs> no, I think I told you about that, but I didn't tell you that I had like black cake, which is this Caribbean kind of, it's a kind of like a rum cake with mm -hmm. icing on it. And so it's packed full of dried fruit and sugar and stuff. And I had like two morsels of it and I was fine the next day. If I right. had done that a year ago, I mean, I've gotten really sick. And so it's a nice way for me to test the waters as well and to see how much healing I've actually, because you forget, you know, it's, you, right. you forget where you came from. Um, but you can't just be going and go, oh, good. I can eat black cake again. Oh, no, 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 Right? No, no. Because then no. you're just, it's like, no. No, 
right? But, you know, like forget <laughs> it's a slippery the fact, slope, so you have to be oh, careful, absolutely. right? Absolutely. But forget the fact that I even have an illness. I don't think anybody should be every day going, Oh, I think I'll have some cake now. You know, it's that we should have cake once a year on your birthday. That's what I think. <laughs> That's what I think. I I really right. believe that because I just think sugar's bad for us all. So and there's it actually, is a slippery slope though with addiction. Like you know, you have to be careful because if you have one piece, you think it's just that one piece, and then the next week you well, find yourself, you know. So people, but, some but, people, some people have are better at staying in check than others. Well, but don't underestimate the effect of mm. it's the candida thing. Also, is a huge. Like it influences your cravings. So you yes. might think, oh, I've got terrible willpower. You don't realize that there's actually something sending signals to your brain telling you to crave. So you're a slave to it in a way. And people probably beat themselves up going, I have no self-control or portion control. You know, sometimes your thyroid or your adrenals, they're just out of whack and things need certain nutrients that you're not feeding your body and so maybe you can't control your portions and you're overeating and you're thinking I'm such a terrible person you know eating this way fixes all those problems and you won't crave sugar the way that you did so I could what I'm saying is I'll have the cake probably two two bites of it and go I'm actually fine for right it's not even good anymore it's not good anymore yeah that's so true your body doesn't need what it you know, what you had been feeding it the whole time, because it's actually working like a perfectly synchronized machine now, you, you know, so all of your glands are getting exactly what they need to to send hormones and enzymes and everything out when they need to be sent out. So there, you know, nothing is happening out of turn anymore. So you're not going to crave sugar that way. And so that that's the whole thing, too. It's really nice to experience. And that's how I know as well that I'm healing, you know, with candida and everything. I'm going, wow, you know, six months ago, I couldn't stop at two pieces of cake. I would have to have the whole thing. And now I can go, ugh, you know, that that cloyingly sweet taste when you taste something yeah. that's extremely sweet. You go, whoa, that's too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I had that. Um, and I don't know. I just thought of this quote that I wanted to share um, with with you and with the listeners because it's it sums up everything whether you're experiencing issues in in with your health or with your career or maybe you're not where you want to be in life because i know there are a lot of people like that and they're asking themselves like i don't know there's something that's not right in my life what's going on i need to make some changes and i would recommend starting with your diet even though you might be having a spiritual crisis or something diet helps everything but there's um there's an author, and uh, he was a poet as well, by the name of Rainer Maria Rilke. Mm-hmm. And he said, be patient toward all that is unsolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves, like locked rooms and like books that are now written in a very foreign tongue. Do not seek the answers which cannot be given you because you would not be able to live them. And the point is mm-hmm. to live everything. Live the questions now. Perhaps wow. you'll then gradually, without noticing it, live along some distant day into the answer. Live the questions. Wow, yeah. because the answers can't be given you because you would not be able to live them. Yeah. Wow. Woo! That's a big yeah. one. That is really big. I love that. I come back That's to that beautiful. quote. That's beautiful. Because, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm on a path. We all are. I'm, it's a journey, you know, and, and I'm not where I want to be in certain places. But that's cool. I'm learning to be really okay with that. And so I ask my questions out loud. You know, and I declare mm-hmm. them to the universe, whether it's music production, like I need to get this sound or, you know, I really want to produce like this guy or like whatever. And 
I'm totally okay with just living the questions and living in a place of not knowing because the answers will come exactly when you're ready for them. So, you know, taking it back to diet, you just you prepare yourself for all the questions that you need answers to by setting your, your body up to be ready for, you know, for when the answer needs to come. Right. And you create room and space, right? So every yeah. time you have a bad feeling, you don't, you don't smother it with a cookie. And so it's, it's, you don't eat True. the cookie and then that feeling is there and then you, you yeah. actually have to deal with it. Oh yeah. And that's what moves your life forward. Absolutely. So, so Fuge, Fugekins, Maritza Lord, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, um, what, I mean, you've said so much already, but, um, we are going to share a piece of music. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are, what are we sharing of yours? So we're going to share, I, I just had a little think about it. Uh, it's a song that, um, that I wrote called Codependent. Okay. And it's, it sounds like a heavy topic. It's one of those relationship dynamics that I, you know, I, I had a, a lightning bolt moment when I realized that I'd been in these like codependent romantic relationships and that the women in my family had also been, you know, sort of set in this relationship model. And I think it's a, it's probably more of a widespread issue than people think. I've I've seen it in other girlfriends Mm -hmm. and, you know, definitely not you. You're like Aries number one. And you know, I have have my my other issues. I mean, we all do, right? But, you know, codependence is something that I wanted to shine a spotlight on. Well, you need to to define it. Is that okay? Because I hear a lot of different definitions, but. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. It's a, it's a relationship dynamic and it's um, defined by one person in the relationship being the selfish narcissist and the other one being the caretaker, the selfless caretaker. It's a dangerous dynamic okay. because it's especially for the caretaker, you have someone who is neglecting themselves and not taking care of themselves, you know, to help other people. So it's, um, it sets up false expectations as well, because if you are the caretaker, like I was, you know, you reach a point where one day you realize that you're not living your truth and you're going I'm not even this person I don't understand I feel like I lost myself in this relationship and um so you know one day you kind of wake up and you, you come to this point where you realize you're not living your truth and then you have to you gotta go and um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a total lie because the, the other person's sat there going I don't understand you know you know so they didn't really have a true sense of who you were in the first place because you um, didn't show them you didn't show them you know mm-hmm. you were too afraid to show them who you really were. Um, well, maybe so, you hadn't figured it out for yourself yet. First. True. You know, I, I know for me it was fear. It was, you know, always sort of trying to be something that I thought people wanted me to be. Um, so, yeah, but you're right. You, I mean, you obviously have a, a very, like, poor sense of self if that's the case as well. It's just undeveloped, right? So, And that's what life is, is the process yeah. of developing expanding coming to know and become mm-hmm. who we are so exactly so again not dangerous if you are aware and if you realize what's going on um so this song is actually a rewrite of the weekend's earned it which is a really popular song right now i think it's off the 50 shades of gray um album soundtrack and it was fun because i you know i like doing stuff like that i i used the the chord progressions and the general feel of the song and just wrote new lyrics to them. So it's almost like a feminine reply to that song. Wow. Um, so, 
yeah that it's wow. called codependent and it's um it's on my website and so i encourage people to check it out and there's more maritza original Lord, music maritza lord.com that's correct mm-hmm. and great well it. we're gonna play we're gonna play uh play that song but before we leave do you have any final words what would you tell people what's your one piece of advice for the world for people in the world my one on, piece of yeah. advice is you're not as important as you think you are, but you have a job to do. So <laughs> figure out what that job is. And it's the thing that you need to do in your life is the thing that's really like that close to your nose that you can touch it, but you don't even realize it's the thing that you need to do. So that for me was music. And, you know, in Hinduism, it's called Dharma. It's your life purpose. And um, that's what the Bhagavad Gita is about. It's about a conversation between God and a guy who's about to fight a battle and he doesn't know what his purpose is. Um, so... The point is, figure out your dharma, hang your ego, and feed your body, because your body is that much more intelligent than your mind. And we all have issues, but everything falls into place once you start to take care of your body. That's the most important lesson that I've learned in my life thus far. Um, because without your health, you can't do anything. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but you, you know, there is no job that you can accomplish if you don't have your health. Amazing. So, and it's incredible how much taking care of your body is really just taking care of yourself anyway. Yes. It's self-love. So it's if you self-love. can start there, exactly. then it, it will bleed through into everything else. So true. Else. Yeah. That is oh. big, Fushi. That is really Ooh, big. Beautiful. Thank you, so thank you for having me as thank well. Thank you for coming I- and speaking to us. This was um, so amazing. I d- don't see you as much as I want to. So it was just, yeah. this is what, this is how actually whenever we meet for lunch, this is what goes down. We have these big epic conversations and that's why she's Confucius and I get, oh, I get all the wisdom. Um, so we're going to play you out, um, with this is codependent by Maritza Lord. Thank you all so much. Find us on everydayseeker.net. I'm Rebecca Muir. That was Maritza Lord. Have a beautiful week, seekers. Flying high on love, that's how you had me It's a drug, it's a trip, it's a dangerous thing What goes up can't stay there for long Till it comes crashing down I grab the oxygen I should have been loving